Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jokic behind his back. What a taste like Jokic. your sitter. Wow. As long as there are fans on this is that's all I care about. So the Warrior fans come in here, the Celtic fans come in here, Laker fans come in here. I take that L on the way out. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Podcast. I am your host, Zach Mikosh, with DenverStiffs.com. Gordon Gross is uh, out with illness this week. He is day-to-day, but not able to make the Big X podcast this week. So in his stead, I have none other than the Big Stiff himself. It is Mr. Ryan Blackburn joining me today. Ryan, what is going on? Hey, hey, how you doing, man? It's good to see you. I'm really excited to be here on the Pick Axe podcast uh, filling in for Gordon. He's uh he let me crash on his place for for five days, and I seem to have missed the sickness boat. So glad to fill in for him and trade that for sure. Right. This is it's he's probably not sick at all, but this is just like he's like man. I had to podcast with Ryan like three times last week. <laughs> I'm not yeah, going back on. I I totally pressed him into service and probably unforgivably pressed him into service. We had mimosas and and Mexican food on Saturday night, so that or Saturday afternoon, so that was probably uh probably the straw that stirred Gordon's sickness. So <laughs> it's fine. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, so I was um I was actually going to come down there on Saturday as well. I ended up not making it, but uh, now I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm somewhat happy uh, because there was no media availability. What's up with that? So I would have drive driven two hours down to Colorado Springs, um, I guess to have mimosas with, with uh, you and Gordon and Jenna. So and I, and honestly, it was great. It. Like, like we had a great time. It, it wasn't, that was the, definitely the best part of Saturday was, was getting to, getting to hang out with those guys and, and, Jenna was was wonderful and everybody there is just I'm super excited about this year of Denver Stiffs man like we've got such a great group we've got the returnees with you Gordon Dan Evan and we've got a lot of new faces too that should add some new dynamics including Jenna she's been killing it on social media doing a lot of great stuff and so and I saw the reaction on the podcast that we posted on Saturday everybody seems to enjoy her takes so I'm uh, really you. glad to have another voice in the room especially a a a female, a diverse female who just gives us another great perspective that we're willing to share. And uh, I think we will all admit freely, like, would would kick all of our ass on a basketball court as well. So. Kick all of our asses. She played professionally overseas. Like, that girl could, like, dri- dribble me into circles. So I, I totally hear you on that. We, we have some learning to do and glad she's on the staff. Exactly. If you guys haven't, uh, make sure you're subscribe to the Denver Stiffs podcast network uh, and you'll be getting every every single one of our shows the Denver Stiffs shows pickaxe podcast uh, nuggets numbers the dig which I believe will be making its return um, 
either here this week or next, and and more. So uh, check it out. Check out our last episode, that, that diversity show that Brian's talking about. It was a really, really good one. I really enjoyed it. Um, and and you guys kind of covered training camp there pretty, pretty thoroughly. So I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about it. But we do on the Pickaxe Podcast, of course, want to look back at the news of the week. So I'm going to start with some we'll start with some some minor news and notes talk a little bit about training camp then uh of course so we want to get into what's going on tonight which is the very first game of the preseason michael porter jr he will make his debut i think that is that is really the 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 highlight of 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 tonight and everything else is kind of at the wayside not to say that there's not other things we're going to be watching for and we're going to we're going to talk about that but uh, certainly the headliner is going to be MPJ. And then we'll end it out with uh, how we have been these past couple of shows. We'll do some we'll do some over-unders. By the way, the guys last week were terrible. Uh, they uh, they took Paul Millsap. They took the under on the length of his press conference. He went way over. Um, <laughs> Dan, but I, I think I said it in like six and a half minutes. Like there was no way. Like when I when I was sitting there at media day thinking about it, I was like, yeah, they always go for like 10 minutes because everybody's got to get their questions in. So it, it takes. Exactly. I mean, it takes forever. Uh, the other one that I know they didn't get, we had over under a half word for uh, the shortest answer Jamal Murray would have, basically saying, will he uh, give, or one and a half, so will he give a one-word answer or not? He tried, he tried a couple times to get away with some one-word answers, but it was just like, there's like these awkward moments, and this is kind of like awkward silence, where it was like, uh, because, you know, like, if if you're not, when Jamal hits you with the one-word answer, if you're not used to it, then... um, it gets kind of everybody just kind of stands there like, oh, what do we do? Jamal Jamal's definitely a confident guy, but he's also a pretty soft spoken guy. If you've ever stood next to him in a scrum, it's sometimes hard to hear that dude. He uh, he likes to keep his voice in an undertone, and I'm sure he just loves to do his talking on the court. Like he's uh, very boisterous when it comes to that. He he'll he'll make sure you hear it when when it needs to be heard. But when talking to the media, he's definitely a little bit more reserved. He. Uh, definitely kind of just uh shows confidence i will say he he exudes confidence in in those press conferences in the fact that he just doesn't want to speak so right. yeah he's very very matter of fact um with his with, with his press conferences and so like yeah that was it he was trying he tried a couple times to give the one word answers but then kind of had to reinforce the fact that he was like yes i'm done with this question and so they ended up being like three or four word answers so both the guys missed on that one as well. And I can't remember what the last one was, but I think they, they didn't get that one either. So we'll see if Ryan can do any better uh, in Gordon's stead on the over-unders. I'm going to start having to keep track of these, but I don't I don't want to yet because I think Gordon's like, you know, one for nine or something. Um, but uh, maybe Ryan will do better. So let's let's dive right in with that being said. And let's talk let's talk a little bit about the, uh, the news, the only news that we have to discuss, uh, both signed and waived in one week. Elijah Millsap and Jorge Gutierrez, pour one out for your homies. Ryan, give me the breakdown on these two guys and their tenure with the Denver Nuggets. Well, it was a short-lived, exciting, however limited uh, stint for both of these guys. Elijah Millsap, obviously, Paul Millsap's younger brother. He's played around the league on several teams, including the Utah Jazz I uh, provided just another camp body. Uh, somebody it wasn't necessarily a favor to any of those guys, but Elijah Millsap, just somebody who could bang a little bit, especially if, like, given that Will Barton had went into camp with a a little bit of a hamstring soreness, 
Uh, doesn't surprise me that they brought in another forward to at least give those guys some different rotations in training camp. And Jorge Gutierrez was a is a local product. I believe he was from East High School. A uh, shorter guard, uh, but extremely tough on defense, uh, according to Michael Malone, a guy who they had long uh, thought highly of in terms of that, but unfortunately the Nuggets just don't have spots right now. They've got an open roster spot, but I think they're saving it for somebody else. We'll get to that in a little bit. Um, but either, like either way, those guys just, just training camp guys helping to provide some more competition. And I, I would argue that they did that well because everything out of training camp so far has been pretty positive. Uh, just, just to clarify here, it was Abraham Lincoln high school. Uh, oh, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I hear you. It's, uh, <laughs> led them, uh, led them to a, a state championship, believe it or not. So look at that. Uh, Very cool. Jorge, Very cool. Heroes. That, that makes me sense. Cause I didn't understand. I didn't understand at all. Like, uh, with him, especially I get, so yeah, Elijah Millsap, obviously the connection there with Paul Millsap. Um, now I guess that, that makes sense. Then the, the, the connection here with Gutierrez, cause there has to be something, right? Like these guys had to know they were coming in for like four days and they were going to be done. Like that had to be the pitch uh, from the get go. So I, you know, I mean, I, I wonder, what do you think the check is for that for for four days as a training camp? Uh, I have to imagine it's probably. Um, I I I couldn't even tell you honestly. It's probably close to half of what guys making off of a G League contract right now, or or maybe not G League, but like. Maybe the two-way contract, maybe like twenty-five thousand. Um, See, because I think it's like 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 five grand, right? Like yeah, we maybe get so. like a grand maybe. a day, you know. I it it totally makes sense. Um, I have no concept of money, given that <laughs> I have made zero dollars pretty much, and a lot of these contracts that we talk about, where it's guys making multi-millions, so it certainly fits into one of those two categories, or maybe somewhere in between. Uh, but either way, like good opportunity for those guys. I heard that uh, Jorge Gutierrez was in the tr- in the gym with the Nuggets throughout September, so yeah. he must have made a strong impression with with Coach, and they wanted to keep him around a little bit longer than than just the the normal time. So good for them. Uh, hopefully, they get picked up somewhere else, or hopefully, this leads to a G League spot for both of those guys where they can uh, get onto a regular basketball schedule. Yeah, absolutely. They're um. They're you know they're they're longer in the tooth guys uh, for sure both of them thirty Jorge's uh thirty I think what Millsap's thirty two I believe um so really not you know obviously guys who are who are not like wouldn't even be even if the Nuggets had a G League team of their own uh, you know you're not sure if they're really um, guys but you never know so we'll see right. you know if nothing else there's always hey there's always um, and opportunities over overseas or something that these guys. All right, we've we spent too much time talking about Elijah and, and, and Jorge, and I think they would agree with that too. No way, uh, man! This is this is the uh, the Elijah Millsap Jorge Gutierrez pod. Uh, we just lost you, all. You of our let listeners. off with this. <laughs> this is this is the biggest news we had go down. Uh, it's the only news we had go down this week. It's my duty to report on it. You're right, though. Let's move on, Ryan. You were at training camp the uh, the entire week down there in Colorado Springs. I guess give me give me your what's your biggest takeaway uh, from the. Uh, the 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 time there at the Olympic Training Center. Uh, I would I would just say that everybody continues to per, like protrude exude quiet confidence. Uh, this this training camp was 
different than the others. This was my first training camp, but the message that I received from a variety of other writers and beat like beat guys that were down there, Adam Maris that was down there, former former stiff himself, uh, that this was more of a a quiet confidence as opposed to we need to prove something. Uh, they went out and were very workmanlike, very businesslike in terms of what they needed to accomplish. And for, for all intents and purposes, it sounds like they accomplished that. Uh, everybody's good. They have a lot of good, talented players. And, and that was definitely another message that they, that they put forward, uh, for the entire media to hear. When, whenever you asked about guys that stood out, it was always like pulling teeth from each of these guys about, okay, who, who stood out today? And right. they would be like, oh, well, everybody's, playing really well right now everybody's very good and everybody's being pretty coy of course however uh i do kind of agree and and i think that that says a lot about the nuggets roster makeup as it is like the the team is just very they have a lot of depth there there's a reason why this small forward competition that's going on is so big because the nuggets have 12 guys that could realistically contribute to an NBA rotation at multiple spots and and only 10 of those guys are likely to do that on a regular basis at the moment so either way it was it was a lot of depth on the on the floor a lot of skill level uh different guys showing off and and I think the Nuggets are clearly ready for the season at this point what do you think you know uh, so you you look at this team now I mean you and you look at that competition in your eyes if you were going to pick one guy just who you think is the best fit with that starting unit, who, who do you go with? Uh, well, to be honest, I think the best fit is Michael Porter jr. Um, I mm-hmm. know that that's kind of hot, uh, and he's clearly not ready for that. So Michael Malone has to kind of play this game where you can either go with a smaller, more offensive creator in Will Barton, who was the starter last year. You could go with more of a three and D type in Tory Craig, who's solid in the playoffs, but had his ups and downs in the regular season, more ups at the end of it. Uh, but he doesn't really provide a lot of extra ball handling at this point. Uh, you could go with Juancho Hernan Gomez, who, while he's coming off of an ex, Excellent opportunity in Spain and winning a gold medal and clearly has a lot of confidence right now. Uh, He could be the best fit behind Michael Porter Jr. However, I think that Wancho still has uh, some definite weaknesses and doesn't really provide that ball handling either. Uh, But Michael Porter Jr. has been comfortable with the ball in his hands. And while he's a rookie, I do think that he has the skill set that fits the best with this team, uh, pushing them over the top. Uh, but he's he's clearly not ready as I as I led with. Uh, he's a rookie. Everybody has has consistently said, "Hey, uh, it's going to take some time with him." He's clearly very talented, but he has a lot of work on defense. He has a lot of work on getting to the right spots offensively. Uh, once you let him play naturally, I think he he makes a positive impact. But uh, he still has a lot of work on the technicality. So, as for the leader of the clubhouse. I don't know. I don't know who the leader is. I, I've gone back and forth between Will Barton and Tory Craig. Uh, the rotation that I put forward this morning. Uh, this is we're, we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, rotation I put forward in stat of the week had Will Barton as the starter. Uh, some other beat writers seem to think that Tory Craig will be the starter. Um, it's it's anybody's guess at this point. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I mean, actually, I really agree with you on, on both points there. Because the thing about Michael Porter Jr. is is he gives you the size that neither Will right. Brown or Torrey Craig can give you. And there's no way you can't, you know, it's something you can teach, right? It just is what it is. Wancho gives you that size, too. So you both get that there. But I feel like everything that Wancho does, you expect Michael Porter Jr. to be able to do. And also more, right? Like, as you talk about, like... That, that basically the creation with the ball in your hands, that's not something you really expect from Wancho. Whereas a guy like like uh, Michael Porter Jr., I mean, that's what he's been doing his whole entire career, which is, on the other side, the what, the adjustment he's got to make, right? Like, he's got to learn how to play with Nikola Jokic, which is, which is hard enough for guys like a guy like Paul Millsap, who's used to sort of being, you know, the highlighted player, but not always, and, you know, never being, like, the number one guy every time down, you know. Right. He had an adjustment period. Now you got a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who's, like, he said it himself immediate day, like, he is used to having the ball in his hands every single time. And it's not like he said it in, in a bad way or anything. That's not what he meant. And so he was agreeing. He was like, yeah, it's it's an adjustment for me to make. Uh, but he also talked about how easy it is to play with Nicola. So that is... That's gonna take time, and if you're if you're a team who's got you know winning thirty games or so, coming off a thirty win season, then yeah, sure, you throw them in there right away and see what you can get. But this team was the number two seed in the West. This team has championship aspirations. Like you don't have time to bring one piece along and bring him up to speed in your starting lineup, and and you know and and take the losses along the way. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to bring him in. I think off the bench first and get him up to speed that way, and then if he's killing it, sure. Then you you at some point maybe make that move to be a starter. So uh, the other way then is is who do you go with right now? And I guess this is where I would disagree. I think they should go with Tory Craig, um, just because man, I just uh, as hard as it is for me to say, I don't know that there's a spot for Will Barton on this team um, unless they really plan on trading Malik Beasley because they're they I I just feel like he's he's not really at at his best at small forward. He's at his best as a shooting guard off the bench, that kind of spark plug. It's a little bit more difficult, though, now when you've got a Monty Morris back there instead of like a Jameer Nelson, right, who's who's more than happy to, to let Will kind of dominate the play. Uh, I... I I just feel like, so with Will, it's just he doesn't quite fit with the starters. He doesn't quite fit with the reserves. He kind of feels like the odd man out. He won't be. He'll definitely be getting minutes. But I would rather see Torrey Craig, who I think is a better fit because he gives you that perimeter defense. If he can shoot the way he shot at the end of the season, uh, particularly from three, he gives you that three and D kind of guy, which you were saying. And I think that's that fits better than what Will Barton brings you as as another creator and another scorer. For sure. they, they have, you know, already three of those guys um, on, that, on that starting unit. Yeah, I, I definitely hear you on that. Tory Craig, he he really helped elevate Denver's defense in the postseason by allowing Jamal Murray to play off ball, by allowing Gary Harris to be a little bit more pick and choose with the with the defensive assignment that he had. Tory Craig, uh, Krishna Narsu on on Twitter, he uh, he does a great thing where he he provides a lot of defensive analytics and matchup data. And one of the things that he highlighted about Tory Craig specifically in one of his posts was that he spent a large percentage of the time last year, both in the regular season and in the playoffs, defending the opposing team's number one up perimeter option. Uh, that's a big deal. That's a really, really big right. deal. And to remove that from the 
from the landscape and to instead put in a guy like Michael Porter Jr., you're not defending the number one option with Michael Porter Jr. You no. That means Gary Harris has to defend yeah. him or, or Jamal Murray might be stuck guarding a guy like Steph Curry or somebody like that. So the more defensive options you have in the lineup, the easier it is to kind of ease the burden of a guy like Jamal Murray. So... I don't know if I would definitely say that Will Barton is the guy that's going to start. I think that he's going to get the first crack at it. Um, however, I think that, like you said, Tory Craig is probably going to be the guy that they go with eventually. Uh, they're just going to have to get to that point, and And I think they're going to get to it sooner rather than later. Yeah, I, I well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, the other thing about Will is I guess we, you know, we've never, we haven't seen him at full health in, in a long time. Um, so what, what, what does that look like? You know, we're, we're, we're about, we're fixing to find out, I guess. Yeah. He, um, he may average like 16 points and four assists and, and be a very dynamic player with the ball in his hands. And in that case, you don't want to move that guy. Maybe, maybe you move Malik Beasley, who's up for a contract right. next year. Maybe, maybe there's another way the Nuggets can go. Maybe they decide, hey, we know you want to, like, we think that Michael Porter Jr. is going to be really valuable for this team, but Will, if you're going to be a sixth man, like, we we definitely want that on the roster. So there are definitely a pathway for him to uh, play consistently, for him to be a consistent impact player, uh, even next to Monte Morris, who I think both plays on and off the ball and, and has definitely worked on his three-point shooting enough to make that work. Um, but we're just going to have to see. Like, it's There's so many questions about this, and, and these next four games, these next four preseason games, will go a long way in answering those questions. They, I mean, they absolutely will. That's as, like Coach has said, it's an open competition, so... Um... We're we're like like I said we are fixing to find out. Um, let's <laughs> let's go ahead, let's take a break right now and then we when we get back let's let's dive into it let's dive into the game tonight. Uh, we'll talk about what we're looking for and then we'll do some some over unders to wrap up the show. So stick with us. We will be right back. been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on, or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range, and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate, and he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. 
When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Podcast, Zach Mikosh and Ryan Blackburn. We are with Denver Stiffs. Please make sure you are subscribing to uh, the podcast network, the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. Absolutely. Eventually, the plan is to have a podcast every single day on this network, so every single weekday at least. So you'll see the the podcast feed be be booming with podcasts throughout the year. So we're excited for that. Exactly. As one as one uh, of our our loyal readers put it, it is raining podcasts over here at Denver Sticks. <laughs> yeah. So, Gotta love it. Exactly. Um, let's uh, let's get into it, man. Let's get into tonight and, and game one of the preseason. Nuggets will play the Portland Trailblazers at 830 Mountain. It is on ESPN 2 or 1? I think it's ESPN, actually. I think they're actually yeah. playing on the main Prime network. Time. So, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so yeah, no worries about the, the altitude conundrum just yet. We at least don't have to deal with that for, I don't think. Until... Uh, don't get me started, man. It's, uh, it'll be the next game. Monday? It'll be it Thursday. Thursday with the Clippers? Oh man. Yeah. I, um, well, you know, you just, just Google internet, uh, or NBA streams. I'm sure you'll, you'll figure it out. Uh, anyways, so this uh, this first game is 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 right on our doorstep. Uh, we know Nikola Jokic is is not going to play. Ryan is. I mean, it's just clearly a resting, right? Like the guy, the guy was in the World Cup. Uh, yeah, Mike Michael Malone talked to the, he talked today about he wanted to give him an off day. Want he he knew that Nikola's been working really hard ever since he he went to Serbia this summer. He's been training there, obviously at the FIBA World Cup, and then he went right back in here and he he went through every drill in um in training camp and and went hard for that. He took part in the scrimmage. So he hasn't really had a break yet. And I expect that this won't probably be the last break that he gets this preseason. I think he'll play the following two games or maybe he'll play the second and the fourth game, but I actually don't think he'll play even three games in the, in the preseason. Like he seems he's probably ready. The nuggets have their opportunity to, uh, figure this, figure this rotation out, and they might as well do it without the the aid of Nikola Jokic to make everybody look better when they're on the floor. Right, uh, Nikola's going to start. We can we can be, <laughs> be sure of that. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think we can pencil him in. So there's there no no worries there. The interesting thing, I mean, did anybody follow up with the question? Was is Wancho also then uh, out for this game? Uh, nobody followed up with that one, and nobody followed up with Mason Plumley either. So it, both of those guys are are coming off of FIBA, and and you would think that they might be given some of that treatment. But I I definitely think that both of those guys have a little bit more to prove this year uh, than than Jokic does at at least at the outset. 
And let's be honest, I mean, it, it wasn't that taxing for Mason uh, over there at the World Cup. Um, yeah, he was off the bench pretty much every time and didn't really didn't really play that much, but that's okay. Like, he was still a part of things. He still went through the paces. and But for Wancho, it was certainly taxing. Like, he, he yeah, started exactly. every game and, and did a great job doing it. So um, And went all the way to the gold medal. So he's got uh, – if anybody deserves a, a game off – it's it's the uh, it's the world champ, Wancho Hernan Gomez. Um, I think he might actually get some days off. I I think he'll. I think in order to facilitate the small forward competition, they may give some of those guys off at at various points. Uh, Wancho's definitely a candidate for them to give a day off. Yeah, no doubt. He uh, like I said, he earned it um, more so than anyone this this summer. So with, I mean, Jokic is out. That that kind of that really to me that takes away so much of like. Um, what 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 you're watching for? Because there's 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 this certain dynamic. You're like, well, you know, like this isn't what they're like. You can't really watch any of the starters and take too much away from what they're doing because you're like, well, it's, they're not playing with Jokic, so it kind of fundamentally changes everything about uh, that starting unit. I mean, but but what are you looking for? What what can we glean from from this first game? Well, you want to see what guys have been working on during the summer. Uh, you want to see what a guy like Jamal Murray can do and whether he can carry an offense while he's on the floor uh, without Nikola Jokic. I think that they paid him to be able to do that at some point down the line. So uh, you want to see if he's taken those necessary steps. And I believe that he has, um, but we're going to find out really quickly. He's going to be paired with Mason Plumlee and, and Paul Millsap in all likelihood in the in the first game. And that could be a, a reasonable bench rotation for the a playoff series. Uh, when when Nikola Jokic has to go off the floor, so you're auditioning for these moments, and and when if Nikola Jokic were to roll an ankle, knock on wood, like or if he was to get sick, or or just take a day off during the regular season, you still want to be able to win those games. So you want to see which guys are comfortable playing both with and without Nikola Jokic, and this is a great. Uh, this is a great avenue in a, in, in a low-pressure setting to be able to figure out, okay, did Gary Harris work on his ball handling enough and his facilitating enough to be able to create offense with Nikola Jokic off the floor? Did Jamal Murray grow as a point guard during the summer? Uh, what what can Mason Plumlee do in Nikola Jokic's stead? And, and is he enough? And should the Nuggets be keeping him around in order to make sure that they do have an option when Nikola Jokic goes down that can play 30 minutes a night. So we'll, I think that there are definitely things to glean from this. They may not necessarily be the most important things during the season, but they are tidbits that can contribute to the overall product for sure. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like I said, you can't, uh, no matter, even if Nikola was playing, you, you don't want to take any like defining you know nobody don't define your entire outlook for the team based off of uh the right. first preseason game it's it, more so than anything you'll what i think you'll see and it'll be interesting to do with with nicola out uh, of the game is is, is is coaches talking about before they're, they're going to try things that maybe they don't necessarily plan on doing in the regular season but they're going to try some different combinations to see if they work you know uh what does a jeremy grant at at center um rotation look like we'll probably get yeah. that i would think with with nicola not playing uh tonight what does you know what does michael porter jr as a stretch four with with some guys uh look like the, those are the kind of things that that you can also certainly take from this game um 
and then and then you know you still will see with the grain of salt because you don't have Nicola uh, in, in the lineup and it's still an exhibition game because we're still going to see some guys who are going to play who aren't going to be getting minutes at all. So you, I think the other thing you can glean is certainly the small forward competition. I mean, this is this is step one. All all four of those guys are going to play. What they do tonight is going to be uh, the first consideration coach has in in who he's going to play. And, and it's the first thing that we as the media are going to talk about after the game is over. I mean, unless... Uh, let's be honest. All right, the first thing we're going to talk about is Michael Porter Jr. The second thing that we'll probably <laughs> talk about and that we'll, we'll loop right into that... Um, is going to be the small forward competition and who performed the best and who's out in front and who's making the lead. Coach kind of, he, he set it up for that, you know, when he called it an open competition. So um, we appreciate that. It's, it's good content, but, but that's going to, that's going to put the pressure even on these, these exhibition games, even on the first game of the preseason, it's going to have put the pressure on those four guys um, because it's going it, to, this, this, this competition really starts in my eyes. Uh, tonight more more so than anything you know maybe coach has a little bit of idea in his head because obviously he's been watching practice but uh the game time is when it gets real so that's sure. that's something you can certainly watch for specifically all right talking about michael porter jr ryan like what what are you expecting what, what kind of minutes what kind of performance are you are you hoping to get out of michael tonight well i think he'll come off the bench i don't think there's any any avenue for him to be starting tonight uh there, it just doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to throw him out there immediately, potentially anger some guys in front of him that are veterans, that are uh, a part of this competition as well, and guys that aren't a part of this competition. Like, I'm sure Jamal and Gary want the best for, for Tori and Will and, and guys like that uh, and, and would like to see those guys get the first crack of the job too. So, But we'll see. Uh, I'm probably going to peg him and for, for 15 minutes. Uh, that to me seems like the right amount of time for a guy like that. Probably two, seven to eight minute stints. I expect him to get some shots up. I expect them to find him both on the perimeter as a shooter and in isolation and post up situations where he can show off his size, show off his skill level. And I don't expect the ball to go in as often as he thinks it will. Uh, it'll probably be around two of seven or three of nine from the field, but he'll show some, some great size, some great athleticism, some great skill level. Hopefully he can find some guys for assists and, and rebound the ball and get out in transition. But I, I don't really see it being a, a, an explosive debut where he puts himself on the map or anything like that. If he does, then, oh my God, like maybe, maybe you have to redefine this competition in some way. Right. That would be a, uh... That would be ideal, right? If he uh, if he does, that's what we're all hoping for. Um, but you know, it, w- it wouldn't be so bad if you got like a, a Zion Williamson esque kind of kind of start. You know, obviously Zion played twenty eight minutes uh, in his first game there in New Orleans, but he you know sixteen points on thirteen shots. There was nothing uh, stats wise that was spectacular. Had a couple really good uh, really good highlights. You know, that's that's the other thing that I, that I'd like. I'd li- I'm hoping for the most. I want to get that 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 highlight like. Zion had uh, with that dunk in, in, I mean, he had a lot of dunks in the game, but he had the one <laughs> in particular that yeah. was uh, that was the highlight that everybody was playing last night. So, uh, you know, that that's kind of what I'm hoping for uh, out of MPJ. Whether I think you're probably right around, uh, right in terms of minutes, like 15 to 20, somewhere in there, he could um, 
you know, a, a little bit more, a little bit less, depending on how he's playing, depending on how the game goes. I think if the game is a blowout one way or another, he's a guy they're probably not going to put out there a ton in in the, those scenarios. I think they'll. they'll I don't know. They, that might be the that might be the ideal time to put him out there. Actually, like if you've got guys like Tory Craig and Will Barton, like you probably don't want to put those guys out there in those situations. Uh, at either, uh, you'd probably like to see how a guy like. Tory, or excuse me, Michael Porter uh, works with Monte Morris in, in those uh, garbage time minutes where he you can give him a little bit of run, give him a little bit of free reign and see what he can actually do. Um, if he starts bricking a lot of shots, then that's probably fine too. Like maybe, maybe it helps him rein it back in a little bit or, or maybe he gets his shot blocked at the rib on, in a situation where, oh my gosh, that's Hassan Whiteside. Wow, right. he's actually pretty big. Uh, these guys are pretty athletic, and and maybe I'm I still have some things to learn about about who I am in this league. But either way, you're right. I I would love to see some highlights out of him. Maybe a deep three, maybe a dunk right. in transition or something like that. Uh, it'd be cool if he dunked in the half court on on a nice set that the Nuggets run, and then just explodes to the rim and shows that he's all back. But. Uh, We'll just have to see. I'm I'm really looking forward to it, just like many Nuggets fans are. I'll I'll be podcasting after the game and give some of my immediate reactions, and hopefully they're positive ones. Hopefully Ryan's like Michael Porter Jr., not only Rookie of the Year, also MVP. Lock it in right now. <laughs> have you ever heard of Kevin Durant? He's, yes. Uh, this guy makes him look like jump change. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, prepare for all the, the hot takes on Nuggets numbers. Um, exactly. Awesome. Uh, we're looking we're, forward to it. Exactly. That's what we're talking about this new podcast uh, lineup that we got, man. There's there's just content 24-7. Actually, it's like 24-5, but, yeah, you know, work with us on it. Okay. Um, Podcasts don't age that badly. They'll, they'll <laughs> still be there. It's okay. See, that's the thing. We're, we're previewing uh, game one of the preseason. Last last week, I was previewing media day. Like, my the, the pickaxes had, like, a shelf life of, like, four hours. Uh, and then it's it's done. At least this well, this one will at least have, like, a day, a full day. Last last week on the media day, yeah, it was, like, done by 11 o'clock. It was like, all right, well, this podcast is out. You better get this one up quick. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We made sure to post that one right at midnight. Um, all right. Let's, uh, let's do, a, we'll do a little some over-unders here. Uh, to close out our show, um, Nicole Jokic, we've kind of talked about, you know, how he'll probably won't play a ton here in the preseason. Um, in the games, he, even though he does play, I don't, again, I don't see the reason, like maybe just to get him, you know, make sure he's, he's, he's warmed up and, and is in the flow of things, but, uh, over under Ryan, 20 minutes, uh, a game for, for Nicole in the preseason. I'm going to go over that. And, and I know that that's probably a hot take, but, I honestly think that the way that these games work for the starters most of the time is you will play three stints. Usually you play four if you're a starter um, at the beginning of the game, at the end of the first half, at the beginning of the second half, and then at the end of the game. I think they just cut that last stint and right. instead go with three. Uh, but the regular rotation is going to be about the same. I expect him to play seven to eight minutes in that first stint, seven to eight minutes in the second, and then seven to eight minutes in the third. So you add that up at the on the low end, and it's probably 21 to 24 minutes a night. Uh, that's right where I expect him, so I'm going to go over. 
I uh, I like it. So originally before we were going to do this, I had it at 15 minutes and then I bumped it to 20 because I was like, well, he'll definitely get more than 15 just because it's a, you can't get caught into like thinking like it's like football preseason, right? We're like, well, he might play a quarter and then I'll be done. No, it's like you only have so many guys. And so right. you, you've got to at least play uh, these guys a decent chunk because that's just unless you want to, you know, run um, Tyler Cook out there for like. 40 minutes you're gonna have to some of these guys are just gonna have to play it's just oh, can it you is. imagine that would yeah, be but... that'd be abusive at this point like it's the preseason give everybody some equal shine so exactly it's all good but yeah i totally agree uh Jokic, uh he's gonna he's gonna get his minutes i think uh he won't get that last stint but i think malone likes to use this time to really work out the kinks in his rotation so i'm i'm expecting over 20 minutes for him and he just won't play that last stint in the fourth quarter yeah, I agree. I, the, always the last the last minutes of the game are always whether you're winning, losing, it's close, it's a blowout. And that's that's when Tyler Cook uh, is going to be making his uh, making his money. Let's do it. Oh yeah, there you go. Tune in. Hey, tune in for my guy Vlako Chanchar because he'll be right there with him. Um, Definitely, probably dunking <laughs> on everyone and locking people up like the Slovenian cyborg that he is. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, from now on, it's a tradition on Pickaxe Podcast. We will definitely at least throw in one Vladko pitch every single week. Um, next over-under, though, uh, Michael Porter Jr., 13.5 points per game in, in, in the preseason. Um, let's see. You've got that number at 13.5 points per game. Um, Man, that... That's an interesting number just because you want to see him get a lot of opportunity. I think I would go under on that one just because I know how these things go uh, with the small forward competition being what it is. He'll probably play three to four games, but I don't know if he'll play any significant time uh, to the point where in those games he really explodes. Uh, and because the Nuggets are so egalitarian in their uh distribution of points and their distribution of shots i think that he'll probably sit at around 10 uh 10 to 12 but i i wouldn't cross 13 and a half it would be great for the nuggets if he did uh that would be a really impressive thing for for the nuggets to get at this at this point with him right so it's here's kind of the way i i set this one up at 13 and a half because i think he's you're probably right he's probably gonna be around like the 10 points uh, per game, but say, let's say he gets ten points in a game. You know, he gets eight. He gets like ten. He gets twelve. Right, so he's right there on those averages on three. And then that last game, right, he gets like thirty. So now suddenly he's at fifteen points per game, right? Or even if he got like twenty five, so that then it could swing. If that's basically the question is, is he getting? Will he have one one game where he really kind of breaks out um, and, and scores in bunches? And I. I man, I don't know because like I I, I want to think I think you bring up a great point about like the let's it's I I'm just gonna say you know coach is uh, he's old school he's like kind of an old curmudgeon when it comes to uh, <laughs> this kind of stuff so he's gonna yeah he's gonna stick with his guys that he's loyal with which is Will Barton and Tory Craig like he's gonna give those guys minutes in this competition he's gonna give them every opportunity to win this competition Michael Porter Jr. I think is really gonna have to steal it. Um, so would would coach if, if if MPJ is if he's really rolling in a game, you know, would coach let him stay out there and, and keep playing him um, and get a, a big scoring night? That that to me is a question, but I could see it happening. I could see there just being one game, you know, against like a Phoenix or something like that, where he just um, 
he just comes out and he just keeps he's just on fire and is just hitting shots and they just let him go with it and then that pushes that that average up uh, above that 13 and a half point one you're 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 very possible there um I think it's almost equally as likely that he has a game where he goes one of seven right and just, just doesn't uh just just kind of counteracts whatever he does in that game because you could have 27 points in one game and then have two points in another and you're still averaging only 14.5 points so drags it down a lot um I don't know. I would go with I I'm still going to go with the under. I think you you make a great case, but I I just don't see it ballooning up that high. And I think there's a strong possibility that he gets limited in some of the minutes that he plays and maybe he only plays one stint at the end of the game and if he only plays 7 minutes in one game, then that's going to drastically reduce whatever his points per game number is. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, one more. Um this one this one that might be a little bit uh, trickier. Zero point five technical fouls. Actually, you know, I want to make this. I want to make this one point five technical fouls for, oh. for Michael Malone. Man, I was going to go under when you said zero point five. So <laughs> I, I really think that, I really think he's going to keep his composure. Uh, I don't see him earning any technical fouls this po- this preseason. So uh, I think zero point five would be is a good number i actually think 1.5 just definitely makes it easier for me i'm going under on the on the calamity there so here's here's the strategy and the, and the only reason why, why why i'd make it 1.5 is because it takes two to get ejected right so i mean he <laughs> he could very well like it could even be in his plan to pick up two quick technicals uh, or maybe pick up one and then quickly and pick up the second one immediately out of the gate after halftime, uh, or just go straight Popovich and pick up two technicals in the first you know three minutes of the game, uh, and then just just hand it over. I could see that being in, in against Portland, the last game of the preseason. You know, I could I could see Coach Beach being like, all right, I, I, I'm going to give this one, uh, I'm going to give this one to Wes. So uh, I'll just pick up my two T's, take a take the night off, and and. Let, let my assistants get a get a chance coach, coaching. That is hilarious, and I didn't really even think about that angle of it. Um, he he would do that too. Like that's something that he would definitely do and say, "All right, yep, gonna give my guys the opportunity to to make this work." But I think that they have too much business going on with with the small forward competition. Uh, you want to see whether Jamal Murray's taking the next step and and how Michael Porter Jr. is handling himself. So I think that. Malone wants to be around for that. Uh, it would be hard for me to see him lose his lose his control on purpose in order to to take a break and and let those guys have an opportunity. But I can totally see it. It it makes a lot of sense. The only thing, reason I would think you, you you wouldn't see him do it is because I don't know if you you can really get away with berating a ref. You know, in in the preseason, that's a little that's a little rough, even for a even for. For a guy like Malone, I don't even know. If yeah, Chris exactly. Pop do that. I had to check. I was like, <laughs> didn't Pop do it in the preseason? But it was no, it was late in the season. I, and that I remember though that it was a pointless game, um, and that's and then so he basically did that. I, I think in in actual. Oh yeah, that was the last there. game against Denver where he didn't want to show his hand at all and got ejected at the very beginning and just decided, ah, eh, I don't really <laughs> want to be here. We're not going to show anything. Yeah, we still beat him. How do you like that? Yeah. Uh, all that for nothing, <laughs> Pop. Ha! All right. 
Uh, we will close it out uh, with that note. What better note? Go Nuggets uh, tonight. I'm excited, Ryan. I just gotta say that. Are you Are you excited, sir? Uh, I'm pumped, man. Back. Like, how how can you not be excited to see this team play? Like, they came one game away from the Western Conference Finals last year, and they've got a lot of doubters out there. But they also have a lot of fans and a lot of people that think, all right, this is our team. This is our year. And and I have no doubt that Nikola Jokic and Michael Malone and, and Jamal Murray and even Michael Porter Jr. have something in store for the Nuggets this season. They've they've made some great additions. Uh, Jeremy Grant is going to be a big deal. And I just think that they've they've got a lot of great ingredients to to make this a really, really fun season once again. I've 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 verbalized this before. I'm picking fifty eight wins, man. This is the, this is the year. This record. is the year where they uh where they really just come out of their shell and and rally behind Nikola Jokic as the the guy for this franchise and uh today is the or today is going to be the start tonight's the start. There you go. He is uh, at NBA Blackburn. I am at Zach Mikash. Uh, at Pickaxe Podcast at Denver Stiss. Make sure you guys are following us. Like I said before, subscribe to the podcast channel. That's where you will get to see Pickaxe Podcast, Nuggets Numbers, The Dig, The Denver Stiff Show, and more. Um, we're over on Instagram at The Denver Stiffs. Also on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. We will be there next, what is it, next week on for the home game, home preseason game, final game of the preseason against Portland. Uh, so make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. You can get all those post-game, pre-game press conferences right there. Mr. Blackburn, as always, sir, appreciate you joining us and filling in for, for Gordon. The least you could do, of course, after crashing on his couch. It's my pleasure, man. Anything, anything to help out a friend, anything to help out a clearly inferior podcast. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, wow. shots, shots fired. Right. Got some All strife right. at the, in the Denver Stiffs chat. Well, make sure, make sure to uh, block anything, the word <laughs> nuggets, numbers, and at NBA Blackburn. Um, oh, you guys are great. All right, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Listen.